listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got win totals released in the NFL, all sorts of pre-draft buzz still happening. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? Vegas lead, we're going to start with Donovan Mitchell. This is one of the favorites to win the NBA title. Not the favorite Utah, but one of them. And maybe their best player. Big question mark now. So let's start there. Yeah, the Utah Jazz, the number one seed in the Western Conference right now. They lose guard and two-time All-Star Donovan Mitchell. He left Friday's game against the Pacers after suffering an ankle injury. X-rays afterwards were negative. No word yet as to how long he'll be out. So the question is, one, number one seed could, you know, even if he's out for two weeks, right? Number one seed up uh, for grabs, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Phoenix and the Clippers are winning at a uh, rapid pace, both teams. And, by the way, Clippers, an underdog, as we said, at Philly tonight. That's a big game, especially for our bet, 12-1 to with the, Phoenix, with the Suns to win in the Pacific. Uh, like I said, I'm rooting that one on a little harder than usual. <laughs> McKenzie, who specializes in the NBA, he made a very interesting point about how many points Mitchell actually scores. McKenzie, lay that out. Yeah, so Mitchell's averaging a career-high 26.5 points per game, which is really good, top 10 in the NBA. But I actually think it's a lot better than people would see at first glance. If you look at his per minutes, because they're blowing people out a lot, his per minute scoring, 28.4 points per 36 minutes. Just to give a little context, Kobe had better than that just once in his entire career. So right now, where is Mitchell this year in points per 36? I actually don't have that. They don't, they don't make that list available. Oh, okay. Um, I think if you go to a, a pro basketball reference. Yeah, that's where I get the per 36 stats. But for whatever reason, they never have that in their leader. Their leader, page. okay. So, yeah. but, but obviously, and how many minutes is Mitchell averaging a game? Mitchell is av- yeah. yeah, he's averaging uh, 33 minutes a game. All right, so, I mean, Jonas, I think that makes an interesting point, right? Typical starter, would we say, what, plays 37 in in the league, 38? Yeah, I would think. Historically, that's true. This season, it's been like three or four minutes less, you know, than average, the way they've been doing it. Okay, that's McKenzie, pregame.com. So, to me, obviously, this is the team with the best record. Obviously, Mitchell was, you know, him and Gobert are the drivers. But just as obviously... If he's back, 
all healthy for the playoffs. No big deal, though obviously the number one seed is at risk. What's your takeaway? Well, I just what I think would be interesting is if they fall far enough back without Donovan Mitchell, I, I think it's safe to say he's going to miss some time here. They're a game and a half up over the Suns right now. They're three and a half games up over the Clippers. I'm not saying this is a a very likely scenario, but if they were fall to three. And if the Lakers continue to slide, there's at least an outside chance they could draw the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. And I don't think anyone wants any part of that going into the postseason. See, now there's different theories on this with the Lakers. So open your mind up to the following. When will the Lakers have the least amount of cohesion in the playoffs? Wouldn't you say the first round? Yes. Yeah. Because the theory is, okay, LeBron's been out for a while. Obviously, AD's been out for a while. And just as obviously, there's a lot of new players on the Lakers team this year. So they, when they were playing with both of their big two, Lakers looked mighty good. But it's been months and months since that was the case. I almost, if it's going to be seven games anyway, I kind of think they're going to be. I get the whole idea. Hope someone else can beat them, right? Because every every round you wait, there's a chance someone else beats them, right? But, man, oh, man, I would say this. If you knew you were going to have to play the Lakers, which you don't, if you knew it, I think you won them in the first round. Yeah, no, that's a fair point, especially considering it, all the injuries, uh, you know, just as you mentioned, those guys not getting a lot of time to play together thus far. And you would imagine, regardless of how much of a veteran LeBron is, Anthony Davis, whoever, there is going to be that sort of ramp-up period. And if it ends up getting closer and closer to the postseason and it just makes sense to bring him back there, then I guess it would be an advantage to see them early on. Historically, even the first of the big three Miami didn't have they started really poorly you know they were like 500 over I think 25 games or whatever it was the first time year they were together in Miami yeah. and it looks like Brooklyn is bucking that trend but do we really know that right so in, in general it feels like the first you know look at the Clippers last year a lot of new players everyone thought they were the favorite the whole year and didn't even come close so when you add Drummond and then you and think they haven't had any time with him. I think the first round's where I kind of want to get him. But again, I get the whole point. If you get eliminated in the first round in a seven-game series, if that happens in the conference finals, you you have a, you know it's like Houston saying, "Oh, we almost did it," you know, years ago. But right. if you get eliminated in the first round, no one's going to feel that. So the stakes kind of go up for sure. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Mackenzie, do you have the NBA favorites in front of you, title favorites? Absolutely. All right, run them. Brooklyn Nets, plus 225. Second is the Lakers, plus 325. Then the Clippers at 6-1. to one. And then the Jazz at eight to one. Jazz at eight to one. In Philadelphia, what eleven to one? Exactly right. Awesome. So who who do you take there, Jones? Well, I, I obviously I think the Nets are the team to beat, but I really like the Clippers. Uh, I, I think I think the Clippers have got a real shot. I don't trust the health of the Lakers. I, I just I think it's a bigger concern. I don't think it's going to be one of these. Once those guys come back, they're going to be firing on all cylinders. Uh, the Clippers have been playing pretty well. I, I think the Clippers have got a real shot to get out of the West. Is it as simple as the Clippers last year were the first year and? 
everyone's disappointed. Now the year they're finally ready to go is when people's down on them. Is it, is it that it, is that the handicap? It, it's also that there's no chaos. Last year it just seemed like there was always noise. There was always some issue. There was always you know a, a, a back and forth. Or even when they got to the bubble, there were arguments on the bet. It just doesn't. It doesn't feel the same. It feels like things are a little bit more quiet. And and maybe that quiet sort of atmosphere is you know better for a guy like Kawhi Leonard who's not all about the hype and and all about the buzz and and same thing with Paul George I just think they're playing a much better basketball I think they're a much better team now I tend to disagree and the reason being Paul George and we'll get McKenzie's thoughts on this as a specialist his ability to get to the basket this year I mean he's shooting the lights out to me when you got a guy historically that's not as good as he's shooting this year I'm always worried that it's just a good run and I think physically, he's there's either the toe or whatever. Maybe he's just getting older. He can't get to the hoop statistically the same way. And to me, I, if he's a jump shooter and his defense drops off a little bit like it has, I'm not sh- sure Paul George is a top 15 player at that point. And if he's not, I don't know how the Clippers win it. And we know his problems in the postseason even. And let's be candid. If you're shooting outside jumpers and you're nervous, that's a problem, right? Because, I mean, Paul George right. is going to be thinking of that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I, that's a counterpoint. Mackenzie, what's your take on the Clippers? Two things. Number one, I think it all hinges on Paul George. He's been a top 15 player, like you said, throughout the regular season the last couple of years and not even close to top 40 performance-wise in the playoffs, particularly last year. Just dreadful. Number two, I'm optimistic on the Clippers because they got rid of, I think, two of their problem players, at least defensively. They got rid of Lou Williams, and they got rid of Montrez Harrell. And I've told you before, RJ, I think Montrez Harrell might have been paid by the Lakers. He was so bad against the Nuggets that series. But wait a minute. when You you, you liked the Clippers last year to win it, I recall. I did. I did. And at various points when I was making fun of you for it, you said Harrell was – they were trying <laughs> to get him in the lineup, and that's why they weren't playing well. But once he got in the lineup, it'd be worth the effort. You don't remember that, do you? Oh, you do. But, no, yeah, I do. I do. So, and he, so, when he, so he just got worse, like, he didn't oh, get better. So now what you're saying is he becomes the problem. He gets the blame for your bad handicap last year is what we're saying. Well, I was identifying last year how bad he was playing. He was just no, terrible, whoa, 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 and he got worse somehow. No, 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 no. Quickly, and we'll move on. What you, <laughs> what you were doing was saying that there was a master plan that once Harold gets integrated, oh my gosh, look out, Clippers going all the way to the top. And thus you said, don't worry about these losses in the regular season. It's all with a purpose. And the purpose wasn't the case. It fell short. Thus your handicap was wrong. Well, Correct. it was the first round of the playoffs I was saying that, but yes, yes. It turned out to be 100% wrong. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
So, RJ, the rumors with what the San Francisco 49ers will do with the number three overall pick have been running wild for the last couple of weeks. We Everybody thought and assumed it was going to be Mac Jones. And then all of a sudden, over the last 24 to 36 hours, the Justin Fields rumors started picking up momentum with what San Francisco plans to do with number three. And the betting market has taken notice. Two days ago, 48 hours ago, you had Mac Jones at uh, minus 200, and you had Fields at plus 200. So think of $100. If you bet on one, you would have won 50. On, and if you would have bet on the other, you would have won 200. It was that disparity, 4x between the payoffs with Mac Jones in the lead. Then yesterday, after the pro day, the second pro day, and the rumor started, oh, Justin Fields looked good, or who knows what drove it. I don't really know. It went to pretty much even. Both of them were even. Today, it surged where clearly Fields is ahead. He's the favorite. And clearly, Mac Jones is the underdog. That's what's happened. Now, I asked McKenzie, I said, find me the reports coming out of San Francisco that feel the most legitimate. That maybe, is this going to be just perception or is this coming from information? Because I go back to what we talked about yesterday. Adam Schefter was the one that they gave this to with Mac Jones. And I don't believe you give it to Schefter if it's not true. Now, it's there's a chance that maybe opinions changed, that they legitimately felt it then, Mac Jones, and now they're changing. I don't know. Mackenzie, what would you say are the two or so biggest reports coming out of San Francisco? I'd say number one, Albert Breer was talking on the Rich Eisen show, and he was talking about how Justin Fields was coaching up the receivers, and that must have impressed the Shanahan's, according to Albert Breer. And the second whoa, one, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. So Albert Breer's saying he saw something, you know, Fields coaching up the wide receivers, and he says, you know, as far as I can tell, that's something the Shanahan's are going to love. And that's why the odds are moving. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. you said. There's not. There's no like. The well, I guess. I, I, I guess. I, I guess that's the point. If that's the, the the reporting, I'm skeptical. What would be number two? That somehow he, they, they comb their hair a certain way, and now it's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, or they're holding their hand in an okay sign. I mean, what, what's going? What, what the, secret stuff is going on here? Talk about secret. Benjamin Albright. Albright had an anonymous quote from an NFC West division rival. Doesn't say if it's a coach, player, or anything, but here's the quote. I'll believe Mac Jones to the 49ers when I see Goodell read the card, and even then I'll be checking CGI. So, so some skeptic in the NFC West. So some skeptic in the NFC West. Jonas, you, I always turn to you when the media doesn't make any sense. What's going on here? I, I don't. I mean, I trust uh, Benjamin Albright. He actually has been on Fox Sports Radio before, and and he's talked about how he doesn't like doing a bunch of mock drafts. He's not into a lot of the draft rumors and innuendos that are out there. I just don't know where he would have gotten the information from that that but, would lead him remember, to believe that it would be Fields. No, no. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did Albright say he thinks it's going to be Fields, or did all he do is report on the uh, someone from the NFC West saying that he's skeptical? He reported, I believe it was yesterday, that he is hearing more and more buzz that it's Fields going to the Niners at three instead of uh, Mac Jones. 
I know this is it's you're, you're trying. I, I wish there was a way that you could hedge your bets that you could bet one and then and then go back and bet the other on Mac well, Jones just so you don't get burned. Well, you can right. I mean, I mean, the theory is if you would have taken like, I mean, think of it like this: if you had taken Fields two days ago, right, plus two hundred, yeah, and now you're taking uh, Mac Jones at plus you know one twenty one thirty. You'd have a guaranteed, you know, when you have these ebbs and flows, right. you, you really can lock in a profit. And we've tried to do that at various points with the MVP, where now Harden doesn't look so good now, but you get him at 30 to 1 at a certain point, et cetera. So it's kind of like if you remember the Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles debate before the season, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was the odds kept shifting and changing back and forth to be who was going to be the starter come week one. And I, I think we did it on this show where you just waited and 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 well, if we you had plus them, money both yeah, sides exactly and, and so I don't know if there if there's a way that you can can do that or if somebody already has done it but it feels like that to where we don't really have any information or evidence we just have reports out of a, out of a training camp as to who the who the guy is going to be but it just came down to what makes the most sense and what made the most sense was shortened off season give Trubisky the opportunity uh, to start the year and then if he's struggles they have a reason to pull him so i guess we just need to look at what makes the most logical sense for the 49ers here with this pick fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search fsr to listen live let's set up that best bet yeah, and it is a best bet for RJ Bell, the voice of Vegas, and it's on the MVP race in the NBA. Okay, now I love it. There's nothing better than having both intuition, you know, a sense of this is right, and data to back it up. So the pick is Jokic to be MVP. Now let me admit something right away. About three months ago, I didn't think Jokic had a heck much of a chance at all. The point I'm going to make now is, and by the way, the odds on this, minus 220. So this is we're laying the lumber here. I think the odds are well over 90%. The odds only got to be about 68% for this to be right for us. And I think it's well over 90. And here's why. Who's going to win it if it's not Jogic? Embiid, he's the second favorite. How in the heck is Embiid going to win it? I mean, he missed missed too many games yeah i mean i could see if if Jokic um gets hurt and misses like the last month of the season yeah no doubt that's the 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 90 you know the less than 100 percent harden is at 14 to 1 and well yeah we got them at 30 to 1 so i'm fine with it if he does but i mean unlikely and then Giannis at 14 to 1 and that would be, as you know, Jonas, three straight MVPs, which would put him in the rarest of rarefied air that doesn't even have MJ in it. And I know maybe they shouldn't think of it. The voters are going to think about that. I don't think anyone's even viable. If I asked you who would win the MVP if it isn't Jokic, who would you say? Oh, God. Um, 
It's, it's like impossible, isn't it? Yeah, because everybody's got the same issue. They've missed time, and because they've missed so many games, I, I, I guess maybe it would be Embiid if I had to go with somebody. But I think, look, I think Jokic is is the answer here as far, and I like the pick because he's now in the spot that LeBron found himself in where Anthony Davis went down, so all of it was on LeBron James to try and get this team uh, to still continue to play well, which yeah. gave him an advantage in the MVP race. Well, now Jamal Murray's down, and Jokic finds himself in the same spot uh, in, in regards to trying to carry Denver all the way to the postseason. And quickly, this is something that they did, the MVP straw poll at ESPN. So this is the data behind it. McKenzie found this. 90 out of 100 first place votes when they did this was for Jokic. That's the most they've ever had in four years. So he's the as big of a favorite with the voters as anyone's been in the last four years. We're only laying minus 220. That's the pick on Jokic.